This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to Speak for Yourself, Marcella Swally, Emmanuel Acho, up here with the conference final set in the NBA without our final four. So let's get right to it, where Jimmy Butler and the Heat knocked out Sixers, ending an emotional six-game series. The Warriors finished off the Grizzlies to remain undefeated at Chase Center in the playoffs. Golden State, top seed remaining following shocking Game 7 blowouts that knocked out last year's finals matchup and sent Luka's Mavs and Tatum Celtics to the conference finals. So, Acho, my dog, let's give out our top five winners in the association. Who you got, man? Big dog, the weekend was so good. We got to talk about five different winners. For me, the fifth biggest winner of the weekend, Jimmy Butler. Okay. We forgot about what happened with the Heat. We forgot about Mm. the Heat dismantling the 76ers because of all the other amazing games, including the two Game 7s last night. But let me remind y'all, Jimmy Butler is now falling in Miami Heat history and Miami Heat lore with some of the greatest Heat Finals players of all time. You got Dwayne Wade, no 9-0-10. You got LeBron James in 12 and 13. And then you find Jimmy Butler this year when you talk about postseason points per game Miami Heat history. Jimmy Butler right there around 28.7 points per game. And the beautiful part of it all, He beat the team that got rid of him. Y'all remember, Mm. Jimmy Butler was in Philly with the Sixers. The Sixers chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler extracted and exacted some sweet revenge. (laughs) So he's my fifth biggest winner. Give me that. All right. My fourth biggest winner. Let's see. I had to go to D-Town, big dog. Not Luka. Jason Kidd, went home. head coach for the Dallas mm-hmm. Mavericks, because mm-hmm. Jason Kidd got these Mavs to a conference finals, haven't been in the conference finals since they won the NBA finals uh-huh. in 2011 when Jason Kidd was the point guard. Now, why is Jason Kidd my fifth biggest winner? Because Jason oh. Kidd said, my fourth biggest winner, thank you, sir. He was so active in the game. Yeah. I got to talk to this one piece of sound because it stood out the most from that game seven last night. We got it? Mm-hmm. Now, go. now, come on, come on, come on. Channel five. <laughs> Stay, stay, stay home. Stay home, don't, don't, stay home. Stay home, stay home, don't, stay home, don't. Chop, chop, five, chop, five, baseline. Chop, 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 chop. I just mm, love it. We all know that Jason special. Kidd was always a player special. coach as a player. Mm-hmm. Now he is a coach player. As a coach. <laughs> and I love it, Sal. So, Jason Kidd, my fourth biggest winner, getting the Dallas Maverick, Mavericks back to the promised land. Mm. And number three, mm. Steph Curry. Mm. Now, I know Game 6 Clay was the talk of the town I know. in Game 6. We need a better nickname, too. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know Game 6 Clay was the talk of the town, but Steph Curry is my third biggest winner mm-hmm. because when you think about the remaining players in the NBA playoffs, Steph's legacy has the most to gain. Giannis is gone, so Giannis can't get that super huge bump. Okay. Well, Jason Tatum, his legacy could be big, but remember, if Steph Curry continues to win this series and goes on to win the finals, finals MVP, now Steph Curry had the biggest legacy gain from the remaining players in the playoffs. I know we will have that discussion yes, yes. later, I like it. but Steph is my third biggest winner because he had 29 in game six. I get it, Clay got the shine and Clay should have given, been given the shine, hmm. but Steph Curry, that ceiling is oh so high for you when it 
it comes to legacy that you can solidify in the rest of those playoffs. Keep in mind, Steph Curry is the only remaining player in the playoffs that was a top 75 All-NBA player. Look at you. Number out. two, second biggest winner, Jason Tatum. Show some love, Jason finally. Tatum. You came back. You hey. came back. He's home. Come on. Yes. You're right. Yes, you're right. No, you don't. I'm to Koopa Koopa. No, yeah, none Giannis of that. Giannis is not Ugo Adetto Koopa today because this <laughs> man, Jason Tatum, beast. Giannis mm. had a 44-20 game, and we ain't even talk about it. Nope. And we couldn't talk about it because Jason Tatum dropped 46 points in that game. Still. I don't care what Jason Tatum did last night oh. because Jason Tatum went and dismantled the Milwaukee Bucks in game six when Milwaukee was at home on Friday night. Mm. So Jason Tatum, when you talk about what happened this weekend and who cleaned up shop this weekend, Jason Tatum, that was all you, big dog. Shot incredible from the field, shot incredible from three, mm. did his business from the free throw line, uh. and he made the greatest player in the world, Giannis, <laughs> become the second greatest on the court because Tatum was that good. There you go. Biggest win of the weekend, though. Process elimination. We already know where you're going. Luke the Don. <laughs> Yo. 27 points oh, in the first silly. half. The Suns had 27 points themselves. Luka was 9 for 12 in the first half. Yeah. The entire Suns team huh. was 10 for 41. What I love about Luka, Cell, when it comes down to game-clinching matchups, there's nobody better right mm -hmm. now. And I would go mm -hmm. as far as to say Luka, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. In that order? No. Oh, okay. Just the top just, three. Just trying to get a hot top. Playoff performers. <laughs> yes. Luka, LeBron James, mm. Michael Jordan. Mm. Obviously, Giannis can be in that conversation as well. We've seen what he's done in his career <laughs> in the playoffs. But Luka right now, he averages 35 points in elimination games. Yeah. He averages 38 points in the last three elimination games. Yeah. The dude is a dude. And here's what I love about Luka. He lives by this mantra. Don't start nothing. <laughs> won't be nothing. Okay. Luke ain't about no action yeah. until you come up with some action. Yeah. The second mm. you come with some heat, I got Luke is going to bring fire. There you my go. My top five. Baby. I love it, man. Well, let me get it started. Well, my top five right here. <sighs> I'm a borrow from some Please of you guys, but it may be in a different order. Please we'll see. Do. But I'm going to start off with Chris Middleton. A lot of people not talking about Chris Middleton. Why did Giannis and the champion Milwaukee Bucks lose the series? Go to any barbershop in America? I'm not going, but you there. What they going to say? Man, he didn't have Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is winning right now, despite during the regular season, they were 13 and 13 with Chris Middleton. Even in the playoffs, you saw him have success without Chris Middleton. But they lose this series. Everyone points at the absence of Chris Middleton. I think that's a winner right there. Let's go to number four. What are we going to call him? Game six, Clay? Uh, uh, I can't. I, if they say that one more time during the broadcast, I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> On mute. Uh, Clay Thompson shows up when you need That's him fair. most. That's real. Now, we know this is not Clay Thompson's team. We know that Clay Thompson is not exactly Clay Thompson of old. But what Clay Thompson is still is clutch. When you need Clay Thompson, he's still there for you. So, Clay Thompson, number four for me this week. Let's go to number three. All right, I'm going to South Beach with you. You dressed for the part. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Woo! Jimmy Butler, yeah. like you said, walking through that tunnel. He knew where the cameras were. He knew those cameras had microphones on them. He knew what to say. He knew what was going to get bleeped out. And he let us all know. What? Tobias Harris? Tobias, my dog, too. <laughs> Tobias Harris with Jimmy Butler, his leadership, his intensity, the way he plays. What's happening in Miami is they incentivize guys to go out there and buy into the culture, become leaders like that. But they also know when Pat Riley's sitting up top, 
Oh, I need you to go flex on your teammates to get the most out of them. And Jimmy Butler is doing that as a tremendous leader. Number two, say his name for me. Help Ime me out. Udoka. He's my last Nigerian that I can really cling to, Bam Adebayo <laughs> as well in the playoffs too. Uh -huh. Ime Udoka, I'm riding with him from now on. Oh, you better ride with him because he has the hottest team in the NBA. 34-9 their last 43 games. First year as a head coach, it took a little time buying to my program. What program, coach? We're trying to learn your program. Mid-season, you see these Celtics now in the final four because of the coach right there. Number one, oh, come on, come on, let's go here. Let's go here. Ah, oh, Luca, Luca, Luca. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I was on this early. Not as early as LeBron. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about Luca later when LeBron was first to letting y'all know Luca is a Don. Luca Doncic is going out there. In moments where you like, who are you going to be, Luca? He's like, I'm not even going to be something special on this court. I'm going to be something special all time. Do you know that Luca is second in NBA history in points per game scoring in the postseason behind only Michael Jordan? Luca is special. And not just special for right now, y'all. We talking all time special. I got a question for you, Big I got an answer for you, homie. What? I got Jason Kidd as my coach on here. You got Ime Udoka <laughs> as your coach on here. Yeah. Who do you think has been more impressive thus far? Who's had more? Who's done more God. for you? Ooh, that's a tough one. Let me talk them up and then let me make you give you an answer. Ime has done this. He said, Tatum, he said, Jalen, y'all amazing that scores. I need y'all to be playmakers as well. And let's pick up our defensive intensity as a collective. He's had his impact there. Jason Kidd, not only, like you said, being a coach who has that mindset as a player because he's so cerebral, he's helping Luka navigate in a way that Luka's already efficient, but now even more efficient. Jason Kidd, putting guys in position. You can see his brightness on display on the court. I got to go, Ime, because it seemed like Boston was stuck. And we didn't know what the Dallas Mavericks could become with Jason Kidd. Now, you can see sky's the limit. I love it. I would ride a little bit with Jason Kidd, only because I look at where the Mavericks were. They had not gotten out of the first round of the playoffs up until this year. That was Jason all because Kidd. they kept facing the Clippers. If they, You don't see it. <laughs> We back next year. We they haven't we got. You sound like Pat Bev on air today talking crazy. <laughs> they haven't gotten out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, Jason yeah. Kidd, first year in Dallas, instantly gets them out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. When I think about Ime, he did a great job dismantling a great team. And he's done a great job of saying, hey, we as a collective with the Celtics, we're going to be better than individuals, Giannis. Uh. We're going to be better than individuals, Kyrie. We're going to be better than individuals, KD. So I love what Ime has done there. But you have a glaring omission, sir. Oh, before you get off that point, please though, do, please he beat a champion. Even though Middleton won there, he beat a champion. Uh, Phoenix is, is up there, but Phoenix is not a championship squad, so you got to give him some credit. But where are you going with it, Pinky? You have an omission. No Jason Tatum. Why, sir? Ah. <sighs> Jason Tatum, game six, insane. Game seven, he did what he had to do to advance. It's still a shared experience. It starts with the defense. It starts with him being a scorer. But it also started with the fatigue of the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to discuss that more. But I think he got a little support from the absence of Middleton. Look at Giannis. Giannis was fatigued. The team was fatigued. The team tapped out. Jason Tatum had a lot to do with that. But I couldn't put him on a list. Hired in some other guys who right now, at least in the narrative, Chris Middleton is being talked about you as a winner. You know, I'm glad you brought him up. I, ha I don't have any issues with your list except Chris Middleton. You don't like I, hate, I hate him there. Why? I hate him there. Why, We're going to talk more about it later, but okay. I will give you all a quick cliffhanger. Chris Middleton is one of my five biggest losers mm. of the weekend. Mm. Now, mind you, later in the show, we're going to rank the five biggest losers of yeah, the weekend. Yeah. He's one of my five biggest losers <clears throat> for this reason. Let's go inside the locker room for a moment. How's this a cliffhanger? Are you going to say it? Now, let's go. Uh, because he's one of my five. <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay, okay, all right. Let's I'm go good. inside the locker room for a moment. 
You know, Chris Middleton, that if you were playing, y'all would have advanced. Thank you. He's a You know, Chris Middleton, that you squandered the first 200, 150 stat line, 200 points, 100 boards, 50 assists. Giannis Ugo Antetokounmpo, he had 200, 150 for the first time in the history of the NBA playoffs. And you, Chris Middleton, squandered that. You, Chris Middleton, you know that you have cost Giannis an opportunity in his legacy. I don't think that Chris Middleton is sitting at home in Milwaukee right now thinking of himself as a winner. I think Chris Middleton is sitting at home right now thinking to himself, Giannis went out there and played his heart out. And although I was hurt, and I couldn't have done anything about it. I'm the reason my team did not advance. Yeah. I'm the reason my team didn't go far. And truth be told, yeah. I'm the reason that Giannis did not pull off one of the most historically incredible things we've seen in sports history because of my absence. I think he's a loser. Now, isn't that a protected space? You've been there before. Be real. When you were on IR, you had to miss that game. And y'all lost that game. You sitting there somewhere, back of your mind. For me, it was the front of my mind. I'm cocky. I was like, if I would have played, oh, yeah, yep. they would have went different, right? To me, that's where Chris Middleton is in his mental space. He can't project that. But guess what? Everyone else is saying that for the Milwaukee Bucks. You can even go into the psyche of the Celtics and say, I know y'all feeling good. Put the champagne down. What if Chris Middleton would have played? They took y'all to game seven without Middleton. To me, is that's why he's a winner, because people are going to pump up this team because of his absence. Let's go a little bit deeper then. When you are hurt and your team makes it to the playoffs in the NFL, team makes it to the playoffs and you're hurt, you do not want your backup to ball too hard. Hmm. But you want them to ball hard enough to make sure y'all make help it to out. the next yeah, round yeah, help us so out you now. can be a starter yeah, 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 On yeah. this show, when I'm gone, I don't need to show the ball too hard, but I don't need it to get canceled because I got to come back and keep doing shows. That's real. That's so real. I think Middleton's the loser because it's like, while we understand we needed you, Chris Middleton, to beat him, your show got canceled. Mm. Buck season got canceled. Mm. Y'all knocked out the playoffs. Mm. So you can't even kick back and be like, yeah, they yeah. couldn't do it without me because yeah. y'all not doing it at all no yeah. more. Damn, man, this is personalizing it right now because I've I've been in that position before where I was like, I can't do it. I had to move on. Greener Pastures. And they did cancel that show. I feel you, Middleton. <laughs> Coming up, there are a lot of great plays and another exciting weekend. Let me do the gritty right now of USL football. We'll give you our plays of week five. But first, Luca, that Don was smiling from ear to ear last night. Tell you what he proved in the Mavs game seven win. Next, oh, speak for yourself. I can't wait to do your Middleton loser. You ain't got no ammo left. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, the Mavericks, boy, did they blow out the Suns in Game 7 in Phoenix. Luka the Don had it rolling, 35 points, 10 boards, and his road dog Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen mm. Brunson chipped in, too, mm. had 30 and 24, respectively. Now, Dallas lost the first two games of the series before walking Phoenix down and advancing to the Western Conference oh, Finals. Damn. How about them mad friends? <laughs> uh, Sal, yes. what did Luka Doncic prove? In this series. Oh, superlatives, superlatives, superlatives. You can't give him enough credit and respect. But let's take it globally first. 
Luca just showed you guys, don't judge a book by its cover. And I'm not talking about complexion. I'm talking about style of play. I'm talking about a guy who had over 4,000 minutes logged as a professional overseas. But since we didn't get a chance to see it with our American eyes, we discounted who he was. I remember Luca in the draft hearing critic after critic saying that game wouldn't translate. Uh, critic. Line one, have y'all ever seen Paul Pierce play? Uh, critic, line one. You ever seen Larry Bird play? Critic, line one. You ever seen LeBron James play? Well, let them all have a baby. That's going to be weird. But let them all have a baby. <laughs> you see it right here. Luka Doncic. Respect for going the path of most resistance, not the beaten path, and still reaching the top. Now, what's the top for Luka? Obviously, for the Mavericks, it's going to be a championship. But for Luka, He's already putting himself in top position. Let's talk about how Luka is in position at the age of 23 to win his first title, potentially. Best player in these playoffs. We're going to talk about that later. When Michael Jordan was 27 years old when he won his first title. LeBron James was 27 years old when he won his first title. And Luka's sitting there right now. I'm in prime position because I'm the number two scorer all-time NBA history in postseason play. Now, people don't understand how great Luka is because it's hard to qualify him because at first, people didn't even see him coming. Let me give it to you like this, just on a micro level. Let's take it from the global perspective. How did he look against the Suns? Is Devin Booker good? Damn good, right? He had more points than Devin Booker. Is DeAndre Ayton good? Pretty good. Yeah, he had more rebounds than him. <laughs> is Chris Paul good? Damn good. Yeah, more assist than Chris Paul. Yo, that's crazy, bro. Can y'all stop playing like, with this that's, dude? That's crazy. Can you stop playing with this dude? He doing everything Yo, and more. And better. And better. That's who Luka is. Superlative, superlative, superlative. And he ain't really seen it before in this version. Mm. Um, boy, what did, what did we learn? What did we learn? What did we learn? Luca proved that he is one of the top five greatest playoff performers of the last three decades. I say top five to give you all space for one more. I'm just going to list four. I like Giannis. I like Luca. I like Jordan. I like LeBron. When you want to talk about the four greatest playoff performers of the last three decades, you brought it up. I'm going to try to hammer the point home. Of the players in elimination games that average 30, 5, and 5, the list is small. Mm. It's LeBron, mm. it's Jordan, and it's Luka. Look at the list. We're talking about all-time greats. Now, mind you, LeBron played uh, 13 or so games on there. Jordan played several games on there, and Luka has now only played a few. However, that list mm -hmm. is elite. I don't care how many games you've played, whether it's 4, 25, or 13, that's a list of greatness. So Luka proved that he's the greatest playoff performer, one of the greatest playoff performers we've ever seen in NBA history. But so what nobody's talking about, and this is what I think Luca really proved. Luca proved he's the greatest learner in basketball. Oh, here we go. Let's he's talk. the greatest adjuster in basketball. Luca proved he has the humility to be the greatest player in basketball. Superstars: mm. Giannis, Steph Curry, LeBron James. Devin Booker. I'm talking about superstars in the playoffs. LeBron missed the playoffs. Yeah, what yeah. was the knock on Steph Curry? Injury prone. Injury. That's been his knock. Yeah, he was injured again this playoffs, and he was injured this season. What was the knock on Giannis? Can't shoot the three, can't shoot free throws. He still can't shoot the three, and he still can't shoot free throws. What was the knock on Joel Embiid, another current superstar? Leadership issues. Oh, yeah. What did he do after getting knocked out the playoffs? Once again, I don't know how we let Jimmy Butler go. 
What was the knock on the Joker? I can't help his team advance. He still did not this year help his team advance, regardless of who was president or lack thereof. What was the knock on Luca? He was out of shape. Mm. That was the knock on Luca. He was out of shape. Well, this year, Luca was not out of shape. Against your Clippers the last two years, in the fourth quarter, Luca would begin uh, to wane. Yeah, we have yeah. all the stats to back it up. Yep. But this year, there was no waning and has been no waning in the fourth quarter. So while Giannis did not improve his game, in my mind, from last year to this year, still a beast, mm -hmm. but he did not make great, take great strides, while Joel Embiid, still a beast, did not take great leadership strides, while the Joker, still a beast, mm. did not take great strides as it pertains to advancing his team in the playoffs. Luca, mm. a beast, did the one thing that we were nitpicky about, and that was his conditioning. So what did I learn from Luca this playoff series? He has the humility to be the greatest player in basketball, and he is the greatest <clears throat> learner and the greater adjuster, greatest adjuster in ball. Yeah, man, I, I really can't, to echo what you said, I can't give him enough love and props right now just because of how efficient his game is. And I brought up Paul Pierce because I'm from L.A., Paul Pierce from L.A., out there in Inglewood, up to no good. And I'm a professional, I think, at the time. It just felt like I went in and I was like, let me see this young guy in Paul Pierce. I don't know why. And I remember watching him. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Because I didn't play basketball because I wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest. I didn't have that combination. You see me, 6'4", 270. Get on a basketball court, that doesn't look right. That looks different. You're like, dog. I could touch high above the rim, but I didn't have spring. I was a big old dude who could run fast in front of you and run you over. So I used to have a different healthy respect for basketball players. And I remember people telling me, like, Paul Pierce could score you this and that, but he has his limitations. And I watched him play in high school. I said, where are the limitations? <laughs> Do y'all know how to measure talent? Talent is splice. Talent is not just big, fast, strong. It comes in all forms, all sizes, all packages. That's what I love about Luka. You can see how his game translates to being efficient and productive, despite it not always being peak pitch in every single talent category. Respect for him there. Also, respect for Luka for his mindset, for the way he approaches the game. You said it earlier in the A block. You're like, he, he about that action only when you want some action, right? Here's Luka to me, because Luka's a purist. Like, we all know Kevin Durant's a purist in terms of basketball. Like, he probably go to sleep on the hardwood, wake up on the hardwood. He's a purist. But there's purists and there's perpetrators. And a lot of people perpetrate like a purist. Always got on the right outfit, always looking like they're going to show up when it's time to go to war. And then when those moments come, they're not counted on. Luka's just the opposite in those situations. We saw it again. Here's Luka in four career elimination games. Has the most points per game in NBA history, 38 points a game. Listen to this, 38, 46, 33, 35. We're talking over two different years. Luca, when it's time to go show up, when we know we are on the brink of elimination, Luca Doncic is a dog. Luca's my favorite type of human being hmm. because Luca will not start it, but Luca will surely yeah, finish it. Yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite type of human being. Luca did not start this series chirping and talking all that noise. But then Devin Booker, oh, you want to talk about Luca special mm. in Dallas? Mm. Luca's home court? Mm. Oh, he has something special for you. Y'all remember Devin Booker? That play right there, gets up talking a little noise. Then Luca said, oh, I'm going to show you special. 27 points Luca had in the first half of game seven, and the Suns had 27 points. Luca shot nine for 12. And the Suns shot 10 of 41. You want to see special? 
Luca said, I'm gonna show you special. Luca don't start it, but Luca will finish it. And here's why I know Luca has championship pedigree. Remember 2011 NBA Finals, Dallas Mavericks, Miami Heat, 2011-2012. Uh, Mavericks, Miami Heat, LeBron, D-Wade, making fun of Dirk Nowitzki, having flu-like symptoms. Mm. Dirk said, look, <clears throat> I ain't gonna start it. Yeah. But I promise y'all, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna finish it. Let's go there. Dirk had that championship pedigree. Luca showing he also has that Dallas championship pedigree. My favorite type of human being. Because mm. Luca won't start it. But I promise you, yeah. he gonna finish it. Are you superstitious? Yes or no? No, sir. Okay, me either. All right. I never believe that those moments are connected. And everyone else is trying to convince me that they are. Give it to you like this. It's 2-2 in a series, and Devin Booker's laying on the floor, and he got jokes. How is that going to make you, Luca, be more of Luca than if I was just laying on the floor and got up with no jokes? Well, if I'm coughing, I'm Dwayne Wade, and I'm LeBron James. <coughs> Dirk. Did Dirk all of a sudden work on a step back more? Did, did he work on the one-footed jumper okay. more? How is that love things connected? I, love I need show. another athlete I to tell me because I'm like, y'all superstitious out here. Show. So to me, that has nothing to do with superstition. Okay. Superstition, in my mind, pertains much more to chance, pertains much more to luck. It removes the sovereignty and it removes what actually people can do with their own hands, and it's just luck at a draw. Mm. Superstition. When I used to live in Philly and I used to go to a casino, I was superstitious. I want to park in the second row, three spots from the right. I'm going to park here because hopefully I can hit in a casino. Yeah. But in a casino, it's a game of chance. Chance, right? right. Luca balling, that ain't no game of chance. Remember, Dirk Nowitzki said he did see LeBron James and uh, Dwayne Wade yeah. making fun of him. And he said, you know, Dirk, he was very mild-mannered, not very talkative. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it probably motivated me a little bit. Mm. Remember, Luca, after the game last night into the tunnel at the post-game presser, uh, he said something so eloquently, it slipped my mind right now, mm. but he says, oh, everybody wants to talk when they in front. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody yep, wants yep, to talk yep. when they in front. What's that mean? It means Luca was conscious of the Devin Booker quote. In the game, I don't know if Luca heard anything, heard him say uh, 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 Luca special. But I know post-game watching shows like these, watching social media, somebody sent it to him. Luca probably saw, oh, I'm gonna show you special. I don't think Dirk saw it. Actually, Dirk was made aware of it pre-game. Okay. And post-game, Mavericks Press was like, hey, did you see Dwayne Wade and LeBron James mocking you, saying that you were faking sick? Dirk, I'm from Dallas, so I only met him a few times. He genuinely was like <clears throat> offended. Like, mm. not even upset. He mm. was like, Yo, I've, he's like, I've never faked sick in my career. Why would I do that now? Yeah. So Dirk went out there and took that personally. Luca, I believe, took that personally. I don't think it's superstition. I think it's super talent once again. Yeah, but taking it personally, superstition, we can hide behind the words. But the fact is, did you play any better because they try to clown you? Like, and if, and, and if your answer is yes, I'm looking at you different. Like, really? So you need the jokes. You need the smoke. You ain't just, huh, you, game seven ain't enough, huh? Game seven ain't enough. They got to talk about your mama and them. That's when all of a sudden, see, so to me, it looks like this. It's almost something retroactively we grab from our back pocket. We had it in our pocket the whole game. We lose, oh, it's staying in my pocket. We win, oh, guess what I got? I like that. You know, and that's why I'm I love see. that. Here's why I disagree. What? Um, I've heard the stories, read the articles, looked up the scientific work of, uh, you know, the, when, when a woman or a mom has superhuman strength. Oh, yeah, yeah. Child trapped under a car. Pick that car bingo, up. Yeah. Picks that car up, yeah. one hand, two hands, whatever yeah, the case yeah. may be. Yeah. Truth be told, the, your muscle output does increase by 30% when adrenaline rushes. Yes, That's right. why if you're getting on a bench press, you might slap yourself in the face, running down on kickoff, you might take one of the little smell, smelling sauce. Oh, okay. I'm about to say, who you play for? <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Oh, let me see. Uh, you might take one of them smelling salts.
I know there is an increase in output yeah. when adrenaline That's increases. Real. That's yeah. why Game 7 is here, and Game 6 is here, and Game 5 is here, and Game 4 is there, and Good Game point. 3 is there. I think, if nothing else, the output of Luca's adrenaline was mm. increased based on that trash talk. He ain't going to start it. He ain't going to start it. Boy, he going to finish. Uh, well, let's finish this block by switching gears and getting into the USFL. Exciting week five wrapped up this Sunday. Take a look back. All that action. It's our opportunity to show the whole nation. Where the f we are, dog? Oh, what a hell, Josh. Look at him go. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Double pass here. And wide open into the end zone for a touchdown. Double trick plays here. That's amazing. I love it. Cookus takes a huge hit. Let them know about it. It does not get much better than that. Gaither caught it. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Going to get their first victory of the season on the final play of the game. Stop playing with me. No. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Mike left. Mike left. Robert, 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 eight, Robert, eight. This past weekend in the USFL, boy, we had some big games. Birmingham remained. <laughs> so, <laughs> Birmingham remained the only undefeated team. And the Maulers scored yes. on the last play of the game mm -hmm. to get their first win. Shout out to the Maulers getting one in the W column. But now we want to show you our plays of the week from some amazing games. Yes. Sell you up first. Man, I'm excited about the game action, but I'm also excited about the rules, the rule differences in the USFL. How about this? When you could throw the second forward pass if the first forward pass is behind the line of scrimmage. Y'all don't believe me? We finally gonna see it break right it down, here. My man, Jeff Fisher's Panthers. We got Shea Patterson gonna throw it forward right there. Oh, look at your muscle memory. You think you can go get him? No, you can't. Look at Ryan O'Malley from the Ivy League. My man from Penn goes in for the score. Take a look again at this. Going with the fake. Oh, I got the fake, coach. Here we go. Now you see, as a defender, you're like, I gotta get this quarterback sacked. And then you throw the ball first. Hey, Acho, you, I, we run it. We already know. Oh, trickery right there. As we can see, Ivy League are using his brain. Where's the soft spot in the coverage? Where's the open lane? Everyone's going to converge. Oh, number eight, you better watch yourself because now you are going from receiver in the slot to quarterback. And the arm right there to get it to Ryan O'Malley. Just get it into the end zone. That's all we got to do. Jeff Fisher drew it up perfectly, and they executed. I like that execution. Man, I don't know how I feel about the celebration, but it might have been Man, that's what we do in the Ivy League. We take it song. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I got to talk about the defense, because to me, there's no harder play in football than the open field tackle. Mm, coming from mm, distance, coming mm. from space. Shout out to my dog, former Baylor Bearer, Ma Dixon. We had some good battles back in the day in the Big 12. He steps, comes out the break, open huh. field tackle. The most beautiful part oh, about this, and watch this if you at home, oh never stop your feet. If you are trying to make an open field tackle mm. and the runner is running, don't mm. ever stop your feet. Mm. Ahmad Dixon, you first see him backpedaling, backpedaling, about to move to this half of the field, and then boom, T-step, comes out the brace, and watch. He's never going to stop his feet. Ahmad Dixon spent time with the Dallas Cowboys, spent yeah. time with the Chicago Bears, seventh round pick to the Dallas Cowboys back in 2014. Mm. Big time play. Yeah. Get his hat on the ball, hat on the ball, ball <laughs> out. That's what you call. You remember city fumbles, country fumbles? What? No. Okay. Uh, in practice, you know, we had to do fumble recovery. Yeah, drills. yeah, yeah. Now, in the city fumble, you got to fall on it. You got to go. Oh, if the suit wasn't tight, I would yes, just play it. Yes, I know what this city is. City fumble, fall on the ground, fall on it, yes. knee, elbows, so oh, nobody no. can rip it out. They're going to be gouging your eyes and whatnot. 
country fumble. It's in open space. Ain't nobody it's around me. Open space. I got a hat at. Yours? Oh, man, hold on, let me stretch. Okay. I'll give me that thing and I'm told, right? Country fumble. That's what we doing. That's it's a country it. fumble. And we told that was a city fumble. A little breakdown there. But have no fear. We got more USL. <laughs> My son does this every day, all day now. So I, I, I actually know I'm I good. have secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> We got more. Shout out to Justin Jefferson, baby, for teaching me how to do it. For Sunday, big time USFL doubleheader kicks off. Noon Eastern, FS1, Pittsburgh Maulers, New Orleans Breakers. Then at 4 Eastern, Houston Gamblers take on the New Jersey Generals on Fox and a streaming on the Fox Sports app. That was the worst spin I've ever seen. Glad we're not on camera. Giannis (laughs) did not have enough to beat the Celtics. Boy, I'm still crying inside. Yes. We'll tell you if we were disappointed in the Bucs or impressed with Boston. It's time to talk about Giannis Ugo Antetokounmpo. Remember, he is Greek when he loses. (laughs) He's Nigerian when he wins. (laughs) The first bucket of game seven between the Bucs and Celtics was a Grant Williams three-pointer. But he knew at that point that Williams would hit six more in route to a career-high 27 points in Boston's blowout win. Giannis's 25 points, 20 rebounds, and nine assists wasn't enough to prevent Milwaukee's early exit from the playoffs, Acho. So were you impressed by the Celtics or disappointed in your Bucks? I'm disappointed in the Bucks. Mm. Minus Giannis Antetokounmpo. Minus? Yep, he's not Antetokounmpo today. He's Antetokounmpo. Remember, <laughs> I call him by his Greek name when he loses. So Giannis, for the rest of the offseason, my friend, Ooh. not even my Nigerian brother. Oh, For the rest of the offseason, my friend, Giannis, you're just Antetokounmpo. Not Ugo. <laughs> no. Um, so I'm disappointed, Sal. Why? Because what? how in God's name hmm. do you all lose a game six game? When Giannis has 44 and 20. How is that possible? Oh, we're going back, yeah. Like, do you understand in game six and game <laughs> seven, Giannis combined for 69 points and 40 boards? 69 points and 40 boards between two games, and you lost them both by a combined 41 points? Mm. In what land, in what sport, in what country? Can you combine for 69 and 40 in two games and your team lose? America. I'm disappointed <laughs> because how in the world, Drew Holiday, do you go 0 for 6 from 3 in game 7? Try to warn you. How in the world, Brooke Lopez, mm. do you go 1 for 5 from 3 in game 7? Mm. How in the world, Pat Connaughton, I'm listening. do you go 0 for 6 from 3 in game 7? How in the world, Grayson Allen? Oh, stop. We reaching that far now? Here's why. We grab a GA again? Here is why. What? If you, Brooke yeah, Lopez, can't make threes, what you doing on the court? Because mm. you are foot slow. So if you can't spread out the defense, then what are you doing on the court? Pat Connaughton, Mm. if you can't make threes, then what are you doing on the court? Because you can D up Jason Tatum, so now you are a liability. When I run a cost-benefit analysis, which is what any business is supposed to do, I always want to ask, what is the benefit of this and what is it costing me? Okay. The benefit of Pat Connaughton, oh, he's a threat from three. But what is he costing me? He is a liability on defense. The mm. benefit of Brooke Lopez, he can stretch out the defense because from a big man, he can shoot the three. But what is he costing me? Boy, is he heavy-footed. So <laughs> if you no longer provide me a benefit, Pat Connaughton, if you no longer provide me a benefit, Grayson Allen, if you no longer provide me a benefit, Brooke Lopez, then I'll, now I'm only looking at the cost. And y'all costing me a whole lot. Mm. Obviously, the Celtics were impressive. I know you're going to praise the Celtics, so I oh, had you no know, need to do you so. Oh, you know, you know, you know. I had no need to do so. 
But boy, am mm. I disappointed. You can't squander one of the greatest playoff performances we have ever seen oh, without okay. me being disappointed. Mm. And the Bucks squandered one of the greatest <clears throat> playoff performances by Giannis we've seen in the history of the sport. Oh, you have changed my mind because I was on the fence. I didn't know what to do. I was in somebody's backyard. They're like, hey, who that? And I was like, I don't know which side to hop on. Go back home or, hey, I I'm here. I'm already here. committed. Let's go. <sighs> but I'm going to stick with my guns. And I was impressed by the Celtics. Why? Number one defense went against the third worst offense. Who won that? Number one defense. So I'm impressed because you guys went out there and did what you're supposed to do. Now, what did they do in being the number one defense? Milwaukee, who averaged 115 points a game in the regular season, third in the NBA, but was held to 110 points or fewer in all seven games. That defense said, ah, where y'all going now? Got Ochoa up here looking fresh, talking about Grayson Allen, like you're going to count on him. Boy, stop. He had one game. All right. All of a sudden, you were held under 90 points twice. We saw that. Game six and game seven. Mm, mm, mm. Averaging only 88 points. Let me tell you what happened here. Giannis got tired, boss. Simple as that. Giannis got tired, boss. Let me give it to you like this. He didn't. I, I can't even let you say that. He oh, didn't get tired, oh, sir. Okay. Okay. I, I look forward to the contention. I look forward to the fight. Giannis in game seven shot 38%. Mm -hmm. Is that normal? It's game seven. It matters. He's a champion. He's clutch. He's great in elimination games. What happened, boss? 25 and 20. Uh, uh, mm, uh, five turnovers in the last three games. Game five, game six, game seven. 25, 20, and nine. Tire boss. 36 turnovers for the series, the most in his career in the playoffs. Tire boss. 25, 20, and nine. Okay, I got one more. Plus, minus, minus 20 for Giannis, game seven. 25. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that covers up all. I hope that's enough makeup to make you think Giannis was out there balling. Look, Giannis gave it his full effort, and I praise him for that. They were undermanned. However, you got to also know when you're undermanned, when to fight and when to run, when to employ others to help save your butt. And in this situation, Giannis didn't do that. Giannis found himself in a position where we've seen even rookies know what to do in moments like this. I'll go back to Irvin Magic Johnson when playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a rookie. And even him knows when I'm undermanned how to go out there and get it done. Not just in point production, not just in all the statistical categories, but in the win column. So what I saw from Giannis is a guy who was doing too much in this series, became more inefficient every single game, turnover happy, and finally it caught up to him. The only saving grace is there was no Chris Middleton, my number five winner, for a reason. Outside of that, Giannis, you were out there trying, but you did let your team down. Sal, watch your mouth, truth be told. It's kind of hard. Watch your mouth. Um, I wouldn't talk about MJ, and you best not talk about Giannis. Oh, hold on, you changed his name already, so you ain't really feeling Giannis. Watch your mouth. Here's the thing. <laughs> Giannis is supposed to be the worst three-point shooter on the Bucks. Okay. But how in game seven did he actually have the best three-point percentage? Dang it. Of all the Bucks oh, that attempted threes, and I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Bucks players attempted threes, mm. and Giannis had the second best percentage behind Bobby Portis of all nine. Mm. And Giannis is the worst. So don't tell me that Giannis was tired. Giannis still stepped up more than everybody else. What? Giannis gave you 25 points, 20 boards, and nine assists. That's not saying I'm tired. Mind you, he gave you that after he gave you 44 and 20 in game six. Now, was Giannis soft? 
Surely Giannis was off. But Giannis being off is not a matter of fatigue. Giannis being off is a matter of being off. Be disappointed in the Bucks, But don't you dare fix your lips to be disappointed <laughs> in Giannis Ugo. And he's Ugo again because I got to take, take cover for my dog. Don't you dare be disappointed in Giannis. 25, 20, and 9. I need somebody else. So the Bucks were <laughs> yeah. 4 of 33 from 3. Yeah, yeah. Without Giannis, yeah. the Bucks were three yeah. of 29 yeah, yeah. from three. The Bucks team uh, was atrocious. Uh-huh. Giannis, incredibly impressive. The Bucks as a team, no sense. Yeah. <laughs> they shot 12.1, don't forget the point one percent from three. And you giving Giannis props because he shot better than that average. He shot better than the rest of those fell-in players outside of Bobby Porter's from three, right? That standard is the same parent that walks up to me and said, my son is smarter than Tommy. Tommy's an F student, ma'am. We're not talking about the bottom. We're not talking about 12% and using that as perspective. We're saying, Giannis, you're better than this. We're saying, Giannis, you got fatigue because those turnovers tell me something. Giannis, you got fatigue because you shot 38% from the field. Giannis, you damn near seven feet. Every play ends at the rim. And let me tell you why he's fatigued, and you know this for real. Two things I got to tell you. The first one is, when you're tired, y'all, it's not the beginning of the play. It wasn't Giannis and his speed. It wasn't Giannis making his moves. Look how he finished. Look how he missed all of those layups. Look how he missed all of those bunnies. You want to know why? Because when you're fatigued, you can't finish. It's not you can't start. You can't finish. Giannis did all the same moves that he normally does. And then he gets right by the rim, and what happens? The rim start moving away. No, sir. Because of that no, sir. fatigue. No, sir. Answer that. I'll, I'll, give, you a, I'll sure. give you the best answer of the day. You sure? Here's how I know Giannis was not tired. And then after the game, here, here you go. When they took him out two minutes ago. <sighs> here is how I know Giannis was not tired. He was tired, boss. There were three minutes, 39 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Three minutes, 39 seconds left in the fourth quarter. I'm going to talk y'all to it because before the show, I did not ask for the play, so we can't roll it for y'all. Three minutes, 39 seconds. Let's go. It was a 22-point game. Mm. The Bucks were losing 97 to 75. Giannis, ball, 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 ball. Full court pressing Jason Tatum. Giannis should not even be in the game because mm -hmm. the game is over. It's right. But Giannis is pressing Jason Tatum mm -hmm. full court. Gets a steal on Jason Tatum mm -hmm. in the backcourt and goes and gets a dunk. You do not full court press oh, yeah. when you're tired. Oh. You don't full court press oh. down by 22 oh. when oh. you're tired. Oh. But he full court press oh. down by 22. Got a steal from the best player in the series, second to himself in Jason Tatum, and goes and finishes it. That is when I knew this man is not playing tired. So even if he was fatigued, we didn't notice his fatigue, so I cannot blame him for any fatigue that was absent. Ooh. Giannis Ooh, was not go. to go. be blamed in that series. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you could be tired and not tap out. You could be tired and do all the same beats, all the same theater as when you're out there feeling fresh. Come on now. Let me tell you this. When you start something, that's not showing you the fatigue. It's how you finish. I gave you the and, finish. And, no, here's the finish. Did the pinky flex? Did you, did you bop the wrist? I gave you the finish. Did you finish the bunny at the rim? Giannis, time and time again, they have a montage of it. Miss, miss, miss. He shot 38% for a reason. Let me tell you why. And I'm not blaming him fully. I'm just telling you the circumstances that led to this circumstance. Giannis went out there man versus team. 
Me versus team, man versus team, you're going to lose. This is the NBA, bro. I don't give a damn who you are. One-on-one, -on -one, I'll show you and I fight. You feel like you got a fighting chance, right? You versus me and my homie. You like, okay, I don't want this, but I could take this. Me versus two of my homies. Now you're starting to think, who else around me to help me out, right? It's starting to get that way. It taxed Giannis. And I give it to you like this. It happens to me every night. It's called witching hour. And they usually talk about it from a parent to a kid. Witching hour is around 6 o'clock, right before they go to bed. They getting tired, boss. And you getting tired, too, because you've been chasing them around all day. So you still go into their room. You still read them the story. You still sitting there like, I love you, MJ, Araya, Olivia. Oh, it's a great night. But then all of a sudden, they want to start playing because they witching hour. They about to start spazzing. I want to play with the Legos. You sit, you know what you do? Put that Lego down. Why? Because you tired. You ain't got it. You can't finish. It's not how you start it. It's how you finish when you fatigue. How did Giannis finish? How was game seven? Another five turnover game? Another game where you're shooting 38%? That's when I knew that Giannis was fatigued. And then he put a button on it, going to the sideline, doing this. What you doing that for if you ain't fatigued? Giannis bro? was complete. Okay. I'm not going to say he was, he was complete. So he was complete. I can't look at turnovers as a mark of fatigue because Jason Tatum had seven. Yeah. And I can't. So I, and Jason Tatum only played 37. And he, did, and he didn't play his best game either. So I can't. But that's not a mark balls. of fatigue to me. Okay. That's not a mark of you ain't play your best game. Okay. If I look at this game, I look at the fact that nobody on the Bucks bench stepped up. That's real. While everybody on the Celtics bench stepped up. Grant Williams, I'm going to give him his respect. Yeah. Pritchard, I'm going to give him his respect. They turned into Larry Bird and Ray Allen all of a sudden mm. reincarnate. I will give them their respect. Mm. As for the Bucks, outside of Giannis, embarrassing. But Giannis having 69-point sale and 40 boards in back-to-back -back in two games collectively, there's no fatigue. And if there is, mm -hmm. if I can't notice your fatigue, then your fatigue is irrelevant. So why didn't he make all those layups he normally makes? Just the rim move? It got higher? The net? Will it, you got the good lighting? days, you got bad days, big dog, but it ain't all fatigue. Okay. We'll get to that another time. I like that. I'm tired of talking about this, so I'm fatigued. Four teams remain, which means four teams are on their way to Cabo right now. Why Cabo? Why not Cancun? We'll give you our biggest losers of the NBA playoffs. Stick around for that. Next! Oh, look at Giannis. Oh, speak for yourself. He might go if he ain't too tired. The NBA Conference Finals are set. Some teams on the losing end, setting off for Cabo right now. Sixers two stars couldn't outshine the Heat's culture. And the Grizzlies ran out of gas without Ja Morant. Then over the weekend, the Bucks and Suns, they got rolled by 30-plus in disappointing game seven. So earlier we talked the winners. So let's flip the coin and rank our biggest NBA losers. Acho, you up first, man. Oh, this one hurts, man. This one hurts. This is going to be very shocking for some of y'all, maybe. Um, my fifth biggest loser of the weekend, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I knew it. All that fight up there. You knew that, He's dude. my fifth biggest mm -hmm. loser. And the reason being is mm -hmm. he had so much on the line this that's, playoffs. That's tough. If Giannis goes back to the NBA Finals, wins another Finals MVP, he instantly has more Finals MVPs than the likes of Kevin Durant. The same amount of Finals MVPs as the likes of Kevin Durant, mm -hmm. but more regular season MVPs. Mm -hmm. So now you can easily make an argument that Giannis is better historically than the likes of Kevin Durant. Giannis would have jumped the likes of Akeem Olajuwon when you talk Ooh. about Finals MVPs and regular season MVPs. Yeah. So Giannis lost this weekend. He lost in the playoffs because he did all that fighting and it was to no avail. Mm. But the real reason to blame is my fourth biggest loser. Let's go. Chris Middleton. Oh, come on, man. He got he hurt. No, no, no. I don't care. Oh, you don't? No, I don't care. I understand it's not Chris Middleton's fault he's okay. one of the biggest losers. Sometimes in life, it ain't your fault that you're a loser. You just a loser. Middleton, where were you? Hurt. When all the dogs needed help. Hurt. Hurt. 
Where was, where was you? If Chris Middleton Hurt. was present, oh. then Giannis wouldn't be on this list. Man, Middleton, you love Giannis list. so much, you just hate on anybody. He got hurt at the wrong time. That's no, sir. it. Why, gonna is, be higher. why is Middleton the biggest loser? Because Cell, Middleton had to watch Giannis drop 200 points, 100 boards, mm -hmm. 50 assists to no avail. Yep. Middleton had to watch Giannis fight and claw for his legacy to stay afloat to no avail. Yep. Middleton had to sit there on the bench and he wasn't even fresh. That's the worst part. <laughs> like, if you're gonna be on the bench, give me a chain of two. Members only. <laughs> give me some bigger bling. Leave that man alone. If you gonna oh, be on oh, the bench. Hold on, one, one show you talking about, oh, don't look like Ben Simmons out here flossing like you happier on the bench looking fresh. Then Middleton says, okay, you're right, Acho. I'm just gonna come simple. Now all of a sudden that ain't good enough. Here's why there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Middleton was on the bench unintentionally. It was not his fault, to your point. He was hurt. Ben Simmons, there is still some ambiguity. No, it ain't. Why he was on the bench. surgery. Ain't no ambiguity with no surgery. Fourth biggest loser, Chris Middleton. Ooh. My third biggest loser. Let's go. We know this one, Devin Booker. Hey. Ooh, that hurts. That one hurts. And he just, there's no denying it. Like, Devin Booker, Ugh. I feel like, went from one of the most lovable players in basketball mm. to one of the most unlovable players in basketball in one playoff. Remember last year, Cell, we loved Devin Booker. Even if you were a LeBron James and a Lakers fan, yeah. you couldn't help but love Devin Booker. Oh. He was outplaying LeBron James, Anthony Davis, prior to injury and even with injury. He was outplaying uh, uh, Anthony Davis. Mm. Devin Booker was going to elevate Chris Paul, who was so beloved to his first title. Huh? He was loved. But then this year in the playoffs, Devin Booker started writing okay. checks with his mouth that his game could not cash. Do and Lucas said, hey, rents do. Get your tail about the playoffs. Devin Booker, my third biggest Devin loser. Booker still written. He lost off the court. He's still written. He is a loser. No, stop. <laughs> Devin Booker, all that money, he ain't loser. My second biggest loser, James Harden. And we gonna give him some grace this show only because we got some real studs to talk about. But James Harden, we've questioned your work ethic. Yeah. We've questioned if you love the game of basketball. Yeah. We've questioned your endurance. We've questioned yeah. everything about you, James Harden, Earth, over the last three months. James Harden went from hero to zero in perception mm. so very quickly. Uh. Remember how we thought of James Harden two years ago? Oh. Prior to moving from Houston to Brooklyn, he was beloved as well. But now in Philly, we're asking the Sixers, should they even want him at all? Good James point. Harden, second biggest loser. Who are you, the number one? If James Harden, number two, who's number one? Let's Chris hear it. Paul, and I don't even know if this is debatable. That's why I can't Careful. wait to see your You list. might get struck down. You Chris can't talk Paul, about Chris Paul like that. He's the biggest loser. Let's I mean, be, be real, Sal. Chris Paul, he has been up 2-0 in the NBA playoffs five times and lost. Is that a lot? <laughs> it's more than any other player in NBA playoff history. Oh, they ain't got there. So, they Chris never got Paul there. has been up 2-0 and lost the series five times. Remember, y'all, NBA Finals last year, Chris Paul was up 2-0. Uh-huh. Semis this year against the Dallas Mavericks, up 2-0. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul, you can't keep doing this because now I'm starting to realize it's not coincidence. It's Chris. Oh. It's not a coincidence that Chris Paul is up 2-0 and losing. No, no, no. Huh. Now I'm starting to see it's Chris. Y'all go back and look at the statistics. Chris Paul, in the first round, he had two 20-point games, two 30-point games. Chris Paul against the Dallas Mavericks, mm. no 30-point games, one 20-point game. It's not coincidence. Mm. It's Chris. As the series continue to go on, Chris Paul gets worse and worse. I love me some Chris Paul as oh. a human being. Mm. I love me some Chris Paul in his commercials. Here come the shot. I love me, I love Duck, me Chris. Chris. Coincidence? Duck. But it's not coincidence, big dog. Damn. It's Chris. He's my biggest list. Oh, I got to get my list on the board before we can go back and forth on each other's list. Let's start off at the bottom with number five. 
Yeah, you already know. <laughs> this ain't hard to tell. Put Giannis up there, please. Oh, I'm glad that we don't have to fight about this one anymore. Giannis has so much at stake and lost it all. Let me tell you, not only did he lose the chance, as you said, to pass Akeem and some of the major accolades and even tie or be right there with Kevin Durant, here's what you really lost. All of a sudden now, we're going to start looking back. Hey, how was that road to that one championship we saw right now? Oh, you went through Trey Young oh, and a hurt Nets team and just basically Kevin Durant. It's, you are a champion. We'll never take that away from you. But now you need to back that up on a team level or all of a sudden shots will be fired at Giannis and his resume. Let's go to number four. This one is crazy. Talking about a tale of two seasons. Monty Williams. Good answer. Didn't he win coach of the year? And then all of a sudden what had happened was when you guys have a chance to advance in the Western Comp to the Western Conference Finals, you guys get beat by 33 and 27 points. I'm on. When it's all on the line, now, this is this is what happens. This is going to happen to Giannis. You know that this team over the last two years only beat the teams that were missing the star player and lost to the healthy teams. They beat the Pelicans without Zion, Lakers without AD, Nuggets without Murray, Clippers without Kawhi. But they lost to the Mavs and the Bucks with Giannis. Interesting. Whoa, that's going to hurt when they go retroactive on you. Number three, Joel Embiid. Uh-huh. Joel Embiid. Ah, fine print. I read the fine print on the contract. Forget the big numbers and the big turns. We already know why we're sitting here. I want to know what you're trying to sneak on me. You told us that Ben Simmons was the problem. Okay, and I need James Harden in here. So you bet on James Harden. Then James Harden was not James Harden. And then all of a sudden, you want to go so far back in your past, open up your old photo albums, and start talking about Jimmy Butler. Wait a minute. That ain't the kind of teammate and the kind of leader I need on my squad. Like you said, it's not coincidence. It's Chris. Nothing wrong with Joel Embiid, but something needs to be said <laughs> that it may not be coincidence. It may be Joel. Number two, CP3. Oh, man, I hate to do this to Chris Paul, so I shouldn't do it. I should just move on. You said a lot, Acho. Everything you said was accurate. I've lived through Lob City. Chris Paul, one of my dogs. I got to say it, man. It's happening too often to you. So now we can't look around. Common denominator, CP3. Number one, James Hart. Yeah. Goodness, we just basically at the top. We the same dude. James Harden, what had happened? James Harden was outscored by players by the name of Desmond Bain, Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson. Like, come on, man. Where are we at now? Where is James Harden right now? We got to fix this if you're going to commit to him, Philadelphia 76ers. So that's my list right now. We got to go one place uh -oh. right here. We got to go here. Let's go here. Chris Middleton doesn't deserve to be on this list. Admit it. That's a buddy pass. Because Giannis on the list, you're like, I can't have him by himself because I love the Bucks. I got to get Chris Middleton. Can you explain in one simple sentence, elevator pitch, why Chris Middleton on this list? Elevator pitch. Chris Middleton will feel like the greatest loser of everybody else on this list. That's why I have to put him on my list. Chris Middleton will feel like a greatest loser than that of Booker, Harden, Paul, and Giannis. Why? Because when Chris Middleton lays his head in his California king bed at night, mm, he has to boy. lay his head there and realize, if not for me, Giannis would have had everything mm. Giannis wanted. Mm. Y'all keep in mind, mm. 93, NBA Finals, yeah. Paxton hits the shot, Jordan wins title. 97, Game 6, NBA Finals, Steve Kerr hits the shot, Jordan wins the title. Yeah. We talk about Michael Jordan and we always say this, he was 6 for 6 in NBA Finals, but what's the next sentence we say? Hmm. No, 
game sevens. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan was six for six. Yeah. No game sevens. Right. But fine print is, well, Steve Hur, Steve Kerr hit the shot with oh. 5.2 seconds left oh, in 97 game you. six. I get you. The fine print is Paxton hit the shot mm. 93, 3.9 seconds. No game sevens wasn't even about Jordan. No game sevens was about Kerr and was about Paxton. Yeah. So when we talk about how Giannis's legacy has now been damned, mm. it's because of Chris Middleton. Mm. So Middleton has to lay his head in bed at night and realize, I just kept Giannis from his Jordan moments. I just kept Giannis from his Jordan legacy. I just kept Giannis from his Jordan titles. <clears throat> He got to live with that. Damn. For that reason, he the biggest loser. Oh, that might have been your best response to any question I ever had. But I say elevator pitch. We'll be in the Empire State Building. What floor are we on right now? You're still talking. Hey, man, hurry up. All right, you have any problems with my list? Because it sounds a lot like yours, except eh, that Monty Williams. That was a good sneak peek. Admit it. Give your boy some problems. I love this pick. I actually like your list better than mine. I can't even oh. front because I love that Monty Williams pick. But it's not about what I love. We got to bring in NBA analyst Slick Rick the Buker. Yeah. Slick Rick. What problems do you have with our list, big dog? Well, I'm assuming that you put Chris Middleton on your list because we couldn't fit Emmanuel Acho into that slot. Like, <laughs> the letters just wouldn't fit. Too long. Because let's be honest, if anybody is hurting as a result of what happened to Giannis, Chris Middleton is probably second only to my Nigerian friend, Emmanuel Acho. You might be able to be the only person I know that can pull off the Pink Panther suit, and you are. But when it comes to the list, I just had the feeling that this is hurting you a lot more than it is Middleton. And I also, for, for uh, Marcellus, if I'm going to talk coaches, you know, quietly, I'd put Mike Budenholzer on that mm, list. Very and much. I look at the lack of adjustments, and I look at Grant Williams going off because you got Brooke Lopez trying to cover him or not cover him on the perimeter. And that, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. That's a beautiful, like, at some point, you're going to switch that up. If you're losing the three-point battle as badly as the Bucs did, if you're getting those kind of performances from Giannis and you still can't close out this series, then I'm thinking there's something about what you're doing strategically that is ultimately not there. And the one other name that I – or names, rather, that I would put on Marcellus's list, I'm surprised that you didn't go there. Uh-oh is Emmy and Slick Rick, because we were the ones touting that the Bucks were going to get this done. And Wiley, you stuck with you Celtics. I don't know how, how really devoted you were to them, but the fact is on TV you were. <laughs> and Emmy and I took a, took a hit on that. So congratulations, brother. Yeah, I mean, look, I took it in the heart when the Brooklyn Nets lost, but I was like, okay, now to stand strong with the Boston Celtics, watching you guys hug the Milwaukee Bucks, undermanned, injured, to the point where I'm like, they're not going to make it past this finish line in first place. So Acho did the same thing. He voted with his heart. He knew that he was in pain. He said, Chris Milton, you got to feel my same pain and threw him on the vision board right there. <laughs> got love for you, Slick. All right, coming up, Phoenix burnt out after taking a 2-0 series lead, as Acho just told us. We'll tell you if the Suns are done next on Speak for Yourself. I am going to put y'all up there next. For the second straight season, the Suns were eliminated after taking a 2-0 series lead. Last year, it was the final, so Phoenix was still on the rise. Now, after Lucas Mavericks showed Chris Paul's Suns an early exit, the future isn't looking as bright. Cam Johnson's 12 points led Phoenix. Goodness, what? Did I read that right? Who only got 11 <laughs> points from Devin Booker and 10 from CP3? 
Phoenix. What the hell's going on? Acho, can the Suns recover from this? No, the Suns are done. Okay. At least this version of the Suns. So, Suns, don't freak out. Mm. I don't know that Devin Booker's Suns are done, but this version of the Suns is a wrap. Chris Paul's only getting older, but more than Chris Paul getting older year to year, Chris Paul gets older within series. Wow. Like, think about it, y'all. Chris Paul was averaging 22 points, if I'm not mistaken, and 11 assists in round one. Mm. But then in round two, we averaged 13 and five. In round one, Chris Paul had two 30-point games, two 20-point games, mm. four games, 20 or more. In round two, Chris Paul had one 20-point game. Chris Paul quite literally ages in dog years during basketball. <laughs> it's like, what's up, CP3? Ooh. So I think this version of the Suns are done. For my basketball historians, I'm going to challenge y'all to remember this. The Dallas Mavericks in 06 went to the NBA title, lost to the Miami Heat. That version of the Mavs were done. Okay. The Mavs were not done mm. because Dirk and the Dallas Mavericks went back to the NBA Finals in 2011, and that is when they won the title. But the 2006 version was done. Yeah, yeah. The version with Josh Howard, Marquise Daniels, them caps were done. That version Josh was not Howard. still going back to right. the NBA Finals. Devin Harris, if y'all remember, young point guard, yes. 22 years of age at the time. Yes. That version was done. Now, Dirk still went back. But when you think of the team Dirk went with in 2011, only Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Terry were the two remaining players from 06. So when I think about campaign, Cam Johnson, Aiton, uh, uh, my dog that looks like Burner Boy, Jay Crowder, when I, <laughs> when I think about this version of the Suns, they, they done. They a rap. He does look like Burner Boy. Y'all got to look it up. They a rap. But I don't know if the Suns in general are done. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. when they look it up and Jay want to know, hey, 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 don't Wiley work without Cho? No, he does not. <laughs> Jay Crowder is one of he. It's a short list of NBA dudes. Ah, I don't think I got him. Jay Crowder, <laughs> Burner Boy is one of them. Boy, he would tear me up. <sighs> All right, here we go. Yes, they can recover from this. Acho, don't be a prisoner right now. You ever been to jail? You ever been arrested? You ever been pulled over? None of that? Pulled over. Okay, did it go any further than that? No holding tank, nothing? No citation? God, I me. always I... meet the chief of police in the cities that I live in. I make sure Before, huh? So you know you're a criminal. You, <laughs> you preemptive. <laughs> Get there first. Okay, well, I ain't gonna talk about my record. That was expunged, but let's just say I've had some encounters. You got to understand who they are. You're being a prisoner of the moment right now. Son's lost. Oh, it's a wrap. No, it's not a wrap. They will recover. Now, let me not cook the logic here. Okay, I'm trying to do it. They will recover to what they were. But what they were weren't champions. The point. So they're going to still be in contention. But they have never won it all, and they're not going to win it all. In part because of who they're going to face next year. Can y'all understand... Simply what's going to happen next year, especially in the Western Conference, the Clips. Clippers are going to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on top of that team, fully loaded and healthy. The Utah Jazz will have that same team. And also, you got to understand, the Denver Nuggets are going to come back. Jamal Murray, Porter Lakers, AD, you healthy now? LeBron, you ready? Revamp it. Add some players to us. Let's see how we're going to look in this remix form. That's just your opponents. Now, you guys are coming back, and you got a chance because you got a 25-year-old Devin Booker and a 23-year-old DeAndre Ayton. I don't know what they're going to do with Ayton, but he's only 23 years young. So they're going to have a chance to return back to this level of success. The problem is that level of success was close, but not the ultimate success. Slick is back with us. So, Slick, where you at? Can the Suns recover from this?
No, they can't, Marcellus. And it's interesting because uh, you pointed out a lot of the things that I would point out, which is when I think of recover, it's get back to being a title contender. And I can't ignore the fact that Chris Paul is 37 and will be 38 before he sees the playoffs again. Mm. I know he's saying that they're going to get right back to where they are now. And I'm just not so sure about that. Hmm. Not only is he going to be a year older, but we just saw him have the five consecutive worst playoff games in his entire career. We've seen him fall off here and there, but he's always been able to rebound. That wasn't the case in this run. So this idea that he's going to get back to where he was, you can only hope that it's not a matter of him getting back to what he was just now, but what he was at the very least two years ago. And I have no confidence in that. He also or they also expose the fact that Devin Booker is not that guy that Ooh. is capable of carrying Chris Paul. We saw that. We, we saw demonstrated why this team did not win in spite of Devin's gaudy offensive numbers, why they never sniffed the playoffs until Chris Paul came to town. And then to your point, uh, Marcellus, mm. when I look at the Western Conference, we're, we're working in the same neighborhood. We're just looking at different houses. <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't going anywhere. Memphis Grizzlies aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Golden State Warriors reloaded. Uh, I, I mean, I can go down. I, I can name at least Dallas Mavericks are still going to be You're there. Right. I can name six teams that are going to be in the fight right there alongside the Phoenix Suns and uh, including your Clippers. And so the to get back to where they were right now means that they are in the second round, potentially going to the conference finals. Competition is going to be thicker than ever next year. And I don't see the suns rising as a result of Chris Ball's condition. So no, honestly, I don't, as much as I'd like to be an optimist, at least as much as I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, I look at the circumstances next year and I don't see them getting back to where they were this year, which was having the best record in the league, having home court advantage and having having and being a prohibitive favorite to get back to the finals. Slick, this is the issue. I think we could surmise everything to say the reason the Suns are done going forward is because when the reason you're good is no longer good, yeah. then it's all bad. Mm. And we can collectively agree that Chris Paul is the reason the Phoenix Suns are good. Without Chris Paul, the Suns and Devin Booker are an atrocious basketball team. So kudos to Chris Paul. He is the reason the Suns are good. But as we've now realized, it's not a coincidence. It is Chris. Chris Paul has blown five playoff series when he is up 2-0 in the series, more than any other player in the history of basketball whether it's the NBA Finals last year versus the Milwaukee Bucks and the Suns are up 2-0, or whether it's this year versus the Dallas Mavericks and the Suns are up 2-0. It is not coincidence. It is Chris. Hmm. Chris Paul, in round one, had two 20-point games slick, had two 30-point games. But then in round two versus the Dallas Mavericks, he only had one 20-point game? Chris Paul went from averaging 22-13 and 13 to averaging 13-5? and five? See, when the reason you're good is no longer good, then it's all bad. And I'm not saying that Chris Paul is no longer good, but we see Chris Paul age in dog years during the course of the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are done because the reason they were great is not great when they need him to be greatest. Agreed. And we're not even taking into account the offseason that they faced 
with DeAndre Ayton yeah. and the need, because if there were, we're talking about them taking the next step or another difference maker, it's the growth and development of DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. They're not even hundred percent certain that they're getting, getting him back there. Not only are they going into uh, an off season where he's a restricted free agent and you got a little bit of what I have to say is a little bit of bad blood and the fact that they weren't able to come to terms to a deal before the season. Now you got him playing 17 minutes in the closeout game and Monty Williams saying rather onerously that the reason he didn't is because uh, of an internal issue. That's not the way you want to go into the postseason, and uh, not in the postseason where you have to re-sign that guy. So when I look at it, there are far more clouds on the horizon for these Phoenix Suns than ever before. And not all of them are within their power to resolve. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh... We're piling on now. We're going a little too far. Uh, the sun is not setting this early. What time is it right now? 1.22? No, it's not setting right now. 1.22 p.m. I don't care what season change we're going through. You got to remember who Chris Paul is. Chris Paul's going to put you in contention. He's going to give you that bump every single year. I admit, and I agree with you guys, at the end, it doesn't look like it does in the beginning or even in the middle. I've been through this Lob City time and time again, but Chris Paul will come back. Re-energized, restored, and ready to try and be the number one seed once again. But they're not going into the postseason the way you want to. Well, I'll remind you guys, uh, did the Dallas Mavericks go into the postseason the way they wanted to last year? Remember? Up 2-0 against my Clippers? Now find them in the Final Four, the Dallas Mavericks. Let's go back since we want to do this. Number one seeds or teams that's up 2-0 and then all of a sudden it caves on them. Let's go back to when the Warriors were up 2-0 in the finals and how that turned out. Yeah, they lost that series. Let's go back to the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, remember they had the best record in the NBA? Lost in the semis. Next year, come and win a championship. The only thing changed for them was Drew Holiday, who I respect. But come on, you don't think the Phoenix Suns can try and get some of that back? out of an addition of a Drew Holiday level, get Chris Paul a, a backup he can trust. I love your campaign, but I think the time is over in terms of you being that backup that they can trust. Get someone who could carry the water, carry the load for Chris Paul during the regular season and activate him fully in the postseason. I think that's the best situation for him. At least that's the greatest perspective you could have on the horizon. Slick. Yeah, if you want to be an optimist, you can go ahead and make those comparisons, Marcellus. But look, Luka Doncic, from last year to this year, would you expect him to get better? Yes, you would. The Golden State Warriors took that 2-0 lead. Were there extraordinary circumstances that resulted in that 2-0 lead not uh, prevailing? Yes, there were. That's probably the biggest problem here with the Phoenix Suns is you can't look at anything that happened that went wrong. Mm. Nobody got injured. Nobody got suspended. Nobody took a flagrant foul and got kicked out at an ill-advised time. Like, they were as whole as they could be, (laughs) Chris Paul included, and it wasn't good enough. So I appreciate your optimism. But you're going Mr. Rogers on us right now to suggest (laughs) that Chris Paul at 38 is somehow going to be as good or better than what we just saw. And I guess the most troubling part for me, Marcellus, is not this. Like, I would even go with you to say 
Chris Paul doesn't have to be that. He just has to be the leader. He, to, he has to be the emotional yeah. ramrod for this team because what Devin Booker is going, mm, mm. that's what gives me pause. Is Devin Booker really ready to be that guy to carry them? When you're doing Lucas specials in game five, that tells me you're not about the right thing. So maybe he, maybe he, Maybe he takes all that to heart. Maybe he says, you know what? I need to stop clowning guys. I need to get right with my game. Maybe. But until I see it, I'm going to say that the Suns are not ready to get back to what they were. Yeah, I hear you, Slick. I hear you. But you can't blame me. At least I tried. I got too many kids. So I had to go, Mr. Rogers. All these kids, uh, I watch it too damn often still. But Chris Paul was seen leaving the arena limping, oh, limping. Yeah. I'm just saying that Kareem won a title at 40 and Tim Duncan won one at 37. Maybe Chris Paul could try to squeeze his way right in between those two guys if he stops limping when they need him most. Coming up, Steph Curry is the only remaining NBA top 75 player left in the playoffs, but does he have the best team? Question mark. We'll answer that next on 3 for your shame. Eastern Conference Finals starts tomorrow with the Celtics at the Heat. Before the Western Conference Finals, tips off Wednesday with the Warriors hosting the Mavs. Now the Warriors and the Heat find themselves back in the Conference Finals, while the Mavs and Celtics hope to reach the NBA Finals for the first time in over a decade. Slick Rick the Buker back with us. Mm. But Cell, which remaining team is the best? Uh, the Boston Celtics, the team I've been hugging since they swept the Brooklyn Nets. And you can see why this team swept the Brooklyn Nets and disposed of the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. They play defense. They're deep and they're balanced. You talk about them offensively before we get to their defensive prowess, and you talk about Jason Tatum, who is a budding superstar in this league and who gets you buckets when you need them most. Assisted with Jalen Brown, you can see that their offensive scheme is going to put pressure on you. But what's going to kill you is their defensive presence, how they can continue to go out there and load up on the other end of the court. Led by the defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart. They held the Milwaukee Bucks to 97 points a game and 41% shooting. And that's with Giannis out there, y'all. Giannis still had a great series overall, but that game seven is not exactly Giannis' level of efficiency. He went out there and shot 38% when they needed him most because they could go out there and lead with their defensive presence. I know that the Golden State Warriors came to mind for me, and I try to insert them in this conversation, but they've been up and down in terms of their shooting this postseason. So I had to go with the team that's most balanced, the deepest, the one that plays the best D, Boston Celtics. I like it. Um, I'm going with the Celtics as well. Ooh. Slick, when I talk about the four remaining entities, if you will, in the playoffs, that is the Warriors, the Dallas Mavericks, the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, I see two really good teams. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. I see a really good individual, Luka Doncic. And I see a good team with good individuals in the Warriors, Klay mm. Thompson, mm. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green. So if you want to ask the question and answer the question, the best team, well, the Celtics are the greater team than the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat, I think, are the next best basketball team. You're talking about conglomerate of players. Who can give you buckets? When can they give you buckets? And what array of talent can give you the buckets? Heat, Celtics. Then you got the Mavericks. And boy, I love the Mavericks. But it's Luka. Let's be real. Luka going to give you 37. 
38 points per game, second highest points per game in playoff history behind the only Michael Jordan. Mm. Then you got the Warriors. The Warriors are not the team of 2015, 2016, 2017, though they are still a good team. And Steph Curry, to me, is not the same Steph Curry of 2014 or 2015, 2016, but he is still a good Steph Curry. So if you want to talk about who's the best team, it's got to be the Celtics, because the Celtics have shown they can dismantle talent. I love Luka, mm. but as much as I love Luka as a basketball player, I love Giannis more. And the Celtics dismantled the Bucks of Giannis. Love Kevin Durant as a basketball player. But as much as you love Kevin Durant as a basketball player, the Bucks didn't even let Kevin Durant get one game. The Celtics, excuse me, did not even let Kevin Durant get one game. So the Celtics are clearly greater than any individual, and Luke is the individual. And I think the Celtics are a greater team than the next greatest team of the Miami Heat. It's got to be the Boston Celtics, Slick. Oh, oh, Slick having some technical issues over there. Um, we are... Oh, do we have it? Slick, you back? You paid your bill? You uh, I hope so. <laughs> you have mail. Okay, Slick yes. is back with us. What you got, Slick? <laughs> uh, it's clean sweep. I'm with you on the Celtics. Wow. And it's and for a couple of different reasons, but I, I can't disagree with anything that, you, that both of you said. Uh, number one... When I look at what they were during the regular season and how they were a dominant team then, they've replicated that in the postseason better than anybody else or as well. And they've done it against arguably the stiffest competition ultimately to get there. Let's look at the overall net rating. This is the balance between their defensive excellence and their offensive excellence. And let's look at the four remaining teams and see how they stack up. This is the regular season. Among all the teams, they were the best among those that have been left, that, that are left standing. Now, if we go to the playoffs, the Miami Heat have moved ahead of them, but you can't ignore the fact that they've had the easiest road to the conference finals of any of the four teams. Playing an Atlanta Hawks team that was subpar all year long, and simply wasn't able to take a step up in the postseason, and then the Philadelphia 76ers and all of their problems. Meanwhile, the Celtics are knocking off the defending champions and doing it by, by winning in a variety of ways. We need to outscore you? We can do that. Do we need to shut you down? We can do that. And I just look at the versatility of their team. They can get scoring from multiple places. They get defense from multiple places. And consider this. They did all that against Milwaukee with Marcus Smart missing the game and Robert Williams, who looks like he's on the verge of coming back. Another defensive player of the, of the year candidate missing the vast majority of that series. So when I look across the board, they without question are the team that is most ready made and has demonstrated that to this point. I going to give the Dallas Mavericks a little more credit than just being a one-trick pony. I think that's not fair. Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson and the job that Jason Kidd has done utilizing all his different pieces. I think it's going to be a very competitive series. But if we're talking about just who is the overall best team and who I have to have as the prohibitive favorite to win it all at this point, now that we're down to a Final Four, it has to be the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I guess we're echoing the same thing because it's that evident. We'll see if 
all three of our bets that have been placed will actually be winning bets. And for you guys out there who were struggling to hear Slick Rick through his Wi-Fi hotel service, basically he said, I agree with Wiley. <laughs> Coming up, Luka Doncic has officially arrived after his Mavs knocked the defending Western Conference oh. champion Suns out of the playoffs. I agree with Wiley. We'll tell you if Luka is best player left in the tourney. That's next Don't Speak for Yourself. Can y'all get a GoFundMe for his Wi-Fi? Welcome back to Speak for Yourself. Luca the Don and the Mavs dominated the Suns in Game 7, punching a ticket to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since Dirk led them to a title in 2011. Doncic, oh, my man, along with Jason Tatum, have seen their profiles elevate this postseason, while Steph Curry and Jimmy Butler look to get their teams back to the finals. So, Acho, is Luca the best remaining player in the playoffs? Yes. Now, Steph Curry will make a very close push. Why can Steph Curry make a close push? Because Steph Curry can help those around him become better. But Luca. Right now, he's, he's the best player. Luka's the only player that can go out there and consistently give triple-doubles. I think Jimmy yeah. Butler has a chance to give you a triple-double in a series, maybe. Jason Tatum, nah, he ain't really getting on the glass enough to give you a triple-double, and he ain't dropping enough dimes to give you a triple-double. When you move over to the Warriors, you might get a triple-double out of Draymond, maybe yeah. if he just feel like talking trash to Kendrick Perkins afterwards. <laughs> outside of those players, I don't really see anybody who's okay. just a walking triple-double like Luka. Luka's basically averaging a triple-double, 35-9-9, and nine, particularly in elimination games. So Luka's a walking triple-double. Nobody in the NBA still playing like him. Mm. The question, though, is... At this stage, can Luka make everybody around him as good as Steph makes everybody around him? Okay. I think it's a Luka and Steph race. Yeah, I was about to say, you've already got that. So the podium doesn't even have three people up there, huh? No, sir. No, no, no bronze medalists in this one. No, it's, sir. It's Jason those two Tatum, not now. Jimmy Butler, not now. Luka, Steph. I think it's a two-man race. Photo finish, two-man race, or this is clear? Photo finish, because it's a relay race. Talk to me. In the sense that... Jordan Poole is not Jordan Poole without Steph Curry. Ooh, I, I like fervently it. believe that Jordan Poole like ain't out here averaging 30 points in the playoffs. Jordan Poole is not going 5 for 10 from 3 twice in, in, in round 1 mm. without Steph Curry both mm. making him believe it's possible and Steph Curry giving him the freedom to do so and yes. Steph Curry being willing to chill on the bench kick his feet up, yeah. knowing good and well, I ain't got nothing to prove. Mm. Jordan Poole, go drop 30. Uh, it's still my team, so yeah. it's not like I need you to go drop 15 and suck. Drop 30, I'll go in when I, when I can. Steph oh. Curry's allowed Jordan Poole the ball, and I think Steph Curry has also allowed Klay Thompson to continue to be the Klay Thompson mm. that he is. Draymond Green's not a Hall of Famer without Steph Curry. Mm. Klay Thompson is not Klay Thompson without Steph Curry. Jordan Poole is not Jordan Poole without Steph Curry. I don't think we can say the same of Lucas players. Can we sit here and say that uh, Jalen Brunson wouldn't be Because <laughs> who and what is Jalen Brunson? And Dorian Finney-Smith wouldn't be <laughs> You know what? Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think that we can sit here and say that Luka has made his teammates yeah. as great as Steph has made his teammates. Okay. You can tell I went to a track meet. I might photo finish. I went to track meet this weekend. Oh, I was in heaven. I don't want to die yet, but boy, that got to be heaven. That High track school. Meet. High school, CIF, or championships out there. Oh, getting it. Shout out to the little homie, Elisa, too. She got hers. All right. Let's talk about it. First of all, I got to do Kendrick. I got to do my Kendrick. Okay. For, hey, big fella, I'm not the one. At the end of the day, Kendrick was coming back at him. Who won that battle? Anyway, we'll talk about it offline. Here we go. 
I don't like your argument, even though I agree with you. I think Luka is the best player right now. Obviously, Steph is the greater player in terms of success and accolade, all that. But if they had to go out there right now and had to get buckets, Steph still got Luka. Let's just say this for what it is. You mentioned it, too. We got to talk about this and critically think about this. We have to challenge our thoughts. Is Steph in a position right now where he has to go full throttle all the time? Not at all. Yeah, so we're not really measuring Steph Curry in this moment properly. Is Luka in that position based on his surrounding pieces, based on what he's been through so far in his career and those short stops against the Clippers in past years? Yeah. So, I, once again, we're getting into that Giannis KD kind of conversation of how hard are they playing right now to show that they're the best? For me, Steph Curry gets the nod in this respect, and I changed it because I was listening to you, and I said, wait a minute, I thought about this wrongly. Steph Curry is still right there by Luka, but Steph Curry is also activating others to close the gap for his team so that they could be in the position of the Final Four. Now, there's only one more level. If Steph Curry says, let me fully activate while activating you guys, there's no other level for Luka. Those guys are already activated as much as they can be because they're lesser players, right? And Luka's already fully activated because he's second in NBA history in points scored behind Michael Jordan. So because of that, because Steph Curry is running a race in coast phase, track meet, not acceleration phase like Luka, I think he has it. You just told Chris Paul, hey, man, you are the reason. There's no coincidence. It's Chris because he fatigues. Steph Curry, getting up there in age, knowing that he has surrounding pieces that he can trust, maybe just coasting on that back stretch. We'll see what he does in that final home stretch. Coming up, the Suns and Bucks met in the finals last season and will both watch from home this season. Damn, what a difference a season makes. We'll tell you who we feel worse for, CP3 or Giannis. That's next on Speak for Yourself. So who won for real? It was a rough re- weekend for the Bucks and Suns fans. Ugh. Bucks fans watched Giannis and company fall short in Boston, while the Phoenix faithful had to watch Luka Doncic dominate their Suns in person. Even worse. Giannis fought hard, but he couldn't overcome Chris Middleton's absence. And CP3, on the other hand, well, he was the major problem. Only mm, scoring 10 mm, points on eight attempts. Mm. So I feel bad for both of these dudes. Giannis. Yeah. I feel bad for CP3, but who do you feel worse for? Yeah, you feel worse for him, too. Go on and say his name. Say his name in, in Greek. Say his name in, in Homeland. Uh-huh. It's Giannis. What the bucks happened to them? <laughs> Look, Giannis, I, I, I saw it coming. You and Slick, I don't know what it was. You guys let your emotions, your heart, it just blinded you from the reality. They were undermanned. But Giannis still had a moment that he missed in this. And there's nothing worse than wasted talent and a missed opportunity. And that's where Giannis found himself, on that path of greatness. He on the freeway of greatness. And the next exit was legendary status. And Giannis was heading there because this is how you become a legend. Giannis, you go out there and do what Magic Johnson did his rookie year, already on the legendary course. You say, we're under man, but I'm still going to be the man. And Giannis tried with every ounce of energy he had in him to complete exhaustion trying to keep this team alive, but he couldn't do it. So losing that legendary moment means more to me, and it hurts more than Chris Paul, who you just educated to me, has lost five five different series up 2-0. 
Even if I do feel bad for Chris, I'm used to feeling bad for Chris in these situations. Giannis was in a unique position to take that trampoline jump all the way to legendary status, but it was a missed opportunity. I feel bad for Giannis as well, Sal. Um, okay. I feel worse for Giannis. Yes. Chris Paul made his bed. Lying in it. Mm -hmm. Giannis made his bed, and then somebody else ruined the sheet as soon as he left the room. <laughs> like, Giannis gave you 44 and 20, and everybody else ruined the sheets for the Bucks. Giannis gave you 25, 20, mm -hmm. and 9. Brooke Lopez, Wes Matthews, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, uh, Bobby Portis. They, they ruined the sheets. Mm -hmm. But Chris Paul, you made your bed. I need you to lie in it. Sure. Look at Giannis, what he did in wins versus what he did in losses. Damn. Negligible. Even in losses, Giannis had 33 points a game. Giannis had 16 boards a game. Giannis had seven assists. Very negligible difference between Giannis and wins and losses. Ooh. Chris Paul, on the other hand. Negligible. In losses, no. Chris Paul had 10 points. Chris Paul had five assists. Chris Paul had four boards. There's a noticeable difference as opposed to a negligible difference between Chris Paul and Giannis. Giannis in losses was balling. Mm. Chris Paul in losses was falling. So I can't feel bad for Chris Paul because it was Chris Paul's fault. I do feel bad for Giannis because it wasn't Giannis' fault. Giannis just caught strays and he caught strays of his teammates being sorry when he needed them to be great. Talk to me. You that friend. You that friend. What happened, sir? You that friend. I, but what am I supposed to do? I hate that friend. Giannis, okay. you know what you're supposed to do? Activate others. Find a way. I'm going to tell you, Giannis, you're going in the seven-game series. You're playing the Celtics. They got the best defense. You don't have your number two. Why you think you're just going to run up in there and steal four games and just get up out this series? Seven. Giannis, you lost this series because you shot 38% no, 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 in game no, no, seven. No, 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 You lost this series because you kept having a tournament. went 0 for 6 from 3. I'm not counting on Pat Grant Williams went 7 for 17 from 3. I'm not counting. Neutralize Grant. Grayson, neutralize Grant. You can't Bobby, count on Grayson Allen, man. You not count on you, him, big dog? Giannis, you got to make sure that in this fight, you know how to fight. I tell my little peewees this every single week. You encourage fighting? No, peewees? <laughs> Playoffs start this weekend. Talk to me after this weekend. We'll see. No, I say I don't care how big you are, how fast you are, how strong you are, how talented you are. Football teaches you one thing. Sports teaches you one thing. No matter all those qualities, there's a way to do it. And Giannis approached this series the wrong way. I'm good enough by myself. Walked up in there, him versus that machine, and came out, like you said, leaking. Coming up, James Harden isn't interested in talking about his future. But we'll do it. <laughs> we'll tell you if the Sixers <laughs> should want that future to be in Philly. That's next. Don't speak for yourself. But we are. <laughs> we, we. After a lackluster playoff performance in his first postseason as a Sixer, James Harden's future in Philly is being questioned by some. Harden appeared to acknowledge the chatter when he posted that he's just going to, quote, let people talk. So, Acho, time for us to talk. Should the Sixers commit long-term to James Harden? I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. And only because what has James Harden shown you in the last two years that dictates commitment? I think about James Harden. He's a runner. I don't know if he's a track star, though. He ran <laughs> from Houston to Brooklyn. He found tension in Houston, ran from Brooklyn to Philly. And now that he's in Philly, the only true reason that he's trying to commit to the Sixers, y'all, is because of that big-time deal that he's being Ooh. paid. If not for that big-time money, I assume that a runner is going to do what a runner does, mm. and that's run. So I don't want to commit to somebody that's not committed to me nor the game of basketball, and I'm not convinced of Harden's commitment. All of that is true in life, but not in sports. Um, James Harden's don't fall from trees, so don't let this tree fall on James Harden. We're going to have a great conversation. You know how it is, a malcontent, somebody who's not committed in sports. 
I need that talent, though. So we got to figure out a way to make you commit with that talent, because I can't find another James Harden. That's it for us. Fox Bet Live is next.